Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, or whenever you may be listening. Welcome to episode 47 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. I'm your host, Luke Helgerson. You know how we do it? Five topics, unpopular opinion. Let's get right down to it. Topic number one. Got to be the biggest news here. January 13th of 2021. Already two weeks into 2021, how time flies. Biggest news of the day, James Harden, the bearded one, traded. That's right, the Houston Rockets traded him. He is going to the Brooklyn Nets. This, it was only a matter of time. At the start of the season, he requested a trade. He told the team he wanted to be traded, just like Russell Westbrook. So they traded John Wall, thinking maybe they could get Harden to stick around and... Well, <laughs> here we are. James Harden, gone, going to Brooklyn. He's going to team up with former teammate, former MVP, former finals MVP, Kevin Durant, and another world champion, Kyrie Irving, going to the Brooklyn Nets. Here's how the trade breaks down. One of the most staggering trades, but here we go. So, obviously, James Harden, he's going to Brooklyn. The Rockets get back. Victor Oladipo. I should be mentioned this is a four-team trade. So Victor Oladipo, Dante Exum, um, Rodnis, Kirkos, three Brooklyn first-round picks that would take place in 2022, 2024, 2026. A Milwaukee first uh, that's coming from Cleveland. Uh, that'll take place in 2020. It's unprotected. And then four first-round swaps with Brooklyn as well. 2021, 2022. 23, 2025, and 2027. Brooklyn's only getting James Harden in this deal, mind you. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Nets sent a couple players there. Jared Allen, Tyrion Prince. That's right, young up-and-coming center and a decent role-playing wing guy in Prince, but Allen, that's a steal for the Cavs. And then, as part of the Olin Depot move to the Rockets, Karis LeVert is going to the Pacers, and also a second-round pick. It's a big-time trade. First of all, I like it for all teams involved except for the Cavs, but I don't believe they're done. But that's a topic for another day. Look, this Rockets, this Harden deal to the Rockets. I mean, the Nets, look, look at what they just did. They got three superstars, three guys who can give you 40 any given night of the year. I mean, it is staggering with what this lineup has the potential to do. But, I mean, who, who's bringing the ball up the court? <laughs> who are the role players now? I mean, Dinwiddie's out for the year. They traded Levert. They traded Allen. So what do they got? Um, DeAndre Jordan, Joe Harris. Those are the other role players on the team. N- name someone else on the Nets roster now <laughs> who you're afraid of that you should be concerned about. Now, granted, those three are a handful I mean, oh boy, it is going to be fun to watch. I got to tell you, I got to tune in. I got to tune in to see it. But like, sham it? Are you? That's seventh man. That's the seventh best guy on the team. I mean, they have no one. They have no one off the bench. The bench matters in the NBA. Like, you can have the stars, but it doesn't always necessarily work if the chemistry isn't right doesn't always work. 
Look at what the Lakers did, what they've done a numerous times. They brought together Kobe Bryant, Steve Nash, Dwight Howard, Pau Gasol. Everyone was like, oh, boy, they're going to run away with it. They were on cover of Sports Illustrated. People going wild for this. Well, they got, they got the eighth seed. Kobe got hurt. Like, Nash was not himself at all. Like, Dwight didn't play well with Kobe. It was disastrous. Even before that for the Lakers, Shaq, Kobe, Carl Malone, Gary Payton. Didn't work, lost to the Pistons in the NBA Finals. Like, the Pistons dominated that series. Shaq was getting beat up by Ben Wallace, Rasheed Wallace. I mean, it was staggering. Super teams have failed before, and especially first year coming together, I know it's only 10 games in, but wow, this is a brand new team put together. They got to figure it out on the fly in a shortened season in a, I believe, very competitive Eastern Conference when you look at the Celtics, 76ers. Like, there's a lot. There's a decent team. The Heat, there's some dangerous teams out East. You can't sleep on it. The Bucks as well. I don't know. It's going to be tough, and they're putting this team brand, brand new. Brand new James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Joe Harris, and I'm guessing DeAndre Jordan's going to be the starting lineup. After that, who are you going to? Someone's got to go to the bench eventually. <laughs> you can't play 48 minutes a game. You can stagger the minutes for sure, but whew, this is, wow. Just stagger. It's just so odd. I hate how Harden handled this whole situation to get to this point. Like I said, at the start of the year, he requested a trade along with Westbrook. You know, Westbrook's gone. Harden put up 44 his first game back. First of all, he didn't even show up for training camp. Showed up late. Showed up on his own time. Pictures were released of him at the strip club. Like, he showed he was disinterested and not trying to play for the Rockets. In a pandemic, going to the strip club. How old those pictures and videos were is regardless. Still for that to be put out there, just like, come on, Harden. Have a little sense what are you doing? And then he shows up late to training camp. He's out of shape. He's getting in verbal altercations with teammates throwing the ball at rookie in practice. Like, it's, what are you doing? It's a damn shame that it's had to get to this level. It makes me not like James Harden as much. It honestly makes me not like him at all if he's going to go about it like that in such an unprofessional manner and just... Like, he scored 44 his first game back against the Portland Trailblazers. I remember watching the game. Trailblazers ended up winning, but Harden did his thing, and even C.J. McCollum said, it's like, look, whatever he does in his personal life, whatever, but he a bucket. Uh, he can do whatever he wants. And then he's averaging over the past five games, he hasn't scored over 20 points. He's averaging less than that. That's the lowest mark he's ever had since his time in OKC in 2012. He's gone five straight games under 20 points. He's averaging 17 points a game over the last five games. When have you known one of the greatest prolific scorers in league history, James Harden, to only score 17 points a game? Over the past decade, until he got away from OKC, has been dominant, dominant on the offensive end. And it just shows that he's not trying. He's completely checked out. And they said it, said it yesterday. John Wall was like, if guys aren't bought in, you know, we're not going to succeed. We're not going to play well. And sure enough, here they are playing well. I feel bad for the Rockets. Like, John Wall, Boogie, they're just trying to come back. They're just trying to compete. And Harden's just completely checked out. And it's like, get me out of here. Harden, you did this to yourself. The organization gave you the keys the entire time you have been there. 
since they you cheated him, <laughs> cheated Harden away. Like they robbed the Thunder to get Harden. They gave up Jeremy Lamb and some other guy. That's it. And didn't want to pay Harden $4 million. That's it. That is all it took. And the Rockets have given him the keys ever since then. Every decision. He's gotten Kevin McHale fired. They brought in Dwight Howard because of him. Then traded Dwight Howard. They brought in Chris Paul. Harden didn't like playing with Chris Paul. Let's bring in his close friend, Westbrook. Oh, he, it, he doesn't like that. Locker room starting to get toxic. They go completely small ball, not playing a center, just getting away from winning basketball, allowing Harden to control the offense. D'Antoni put him at point guard. And then after all this time, D'Antoni loses his job. Daryl Morey loses his job because of him. And he's going to have the audacity to blame the organization and its toxic environment. Harden, they, the reports have come out. They have said you had the final say in everything. Every... At what point the Rockets are where they are is because of Harden. Everything to this point has been because of James Harden. He has no one else to blame but himself. The outlier on why the Rockets haven't succeeded is because of him. Everything else has been shuffled around around him to succeed, and he hasn't been able to do it. Yeah, he's given a lot. He says he's given everything he has to this organization. No, you've made every decision you've had to not be able to win. And I'll say it right here. I don't believe James Harden can be the best player on a championship team. Not with the way he plays. Not with the style of basketball that he tries to play, where dribble, 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 attack or step back, get to the free throw line. It's not winning basketball. He's only getting a decent amount of assists. You could say he's averaging a decent amount. But he does that. He dribbles out the clock. He gets double team, flings it out. It's not that tough. He's flinging it out and the shot clock. It's it's not that impressive. He was a great scoring player, but I do not believe James Harden could win a championship if he's the best player on that team. No way. No way. I don't believe it. And that's why Kevin Durant is the best player on the Brooklyn Nets. Now he has potential to win a championship. He's got Kyrie Irving, too. I think James Harden's better than Kyrie, but... This is his opportunity. This is his chance to finally win a championship. Get what you wanted. You wanted out of Houston. Now you get the opportunity to prove yourself. And whew, it, it is a big-time deal. I do think Rockets got better. I'm going to be interested to see if the Nets did get better from this by trading for Harden with the depleted bench. But that three-headed monster of Harden, KD, and Kyrie is going to be incredible to watch. And then the Cavs, they're not done. I mean, if you look at their roster, wow. <laughs> they got like 12 centers on their team. They got Andre Drummond. Uh, JaVel McGee just traded for Allen from the Nets. Jared Allen, that is. And who else they got? They got Larry Nance. They got Kevin Love. I mean, this team is not done making moves. No chance. They got Thon Maker, too. I mean, how many post players do you need? Like, come on, move some guys around. Jesus. Now, I do think they should hold on to Allen. He's a young, up-and-coming player. You match him with Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Like, they might be doing something. Might be. And I think you add an Allen to that, you allow them to grow. There's your core. There's your up-and-coming trio right there. You got the point guard, shooting guard, big man. Boom. And I think 
They need to trade both Andre Drummond and Kevin Love. This team's not competing for a playoff spot. You need to move on from them. Get them on a team where they can actually make an impact. Drummond's services would be welcome on a lot of other teams in the NBA. I think Kevin Love could be valuable around the NBA on certain teams. Get them out of there. I don't think the Cavs are done making move. Pacers, I mean, it was time for Olin Depot to move on. And I do like that. Like I said, I really like what the Rockets did. I mean, Olin Depot is a decent pickup to play alongside John Wall, Boogie. Still got Eric Gordon. Still got P.J. Tucker. Add in Exum. He's a decent. He's he's a good backup point guard. That's a really solid backup point guard. If it's Exum, but we'll see how Olin Depot can do with these guys. Um, I'm not sold on it, but I do. I do. Again, I the team just became more interesting. I mean, the storylines in the NBA have grown immensely, and I still think the Rockets can compete for the playoffs. I think the Cavs are going to make more moves. I think the Pacers are fighting for a playoff spot. Lavert, I think, is a better fit for them than Olin, what Victor's given them. And obviously, James Harden to the Nets. Wow. <laughs> Can't wait to see it in action and see the first game. When is their next game? So they play tonight. Um, I went... Let's see. They got <laughs> oh, it's just incredible. They played the Knicks. They dominated on ESPN. But uh, let, let's see where their next game is because I got to know. I, I got to tune in. He's got to play in the next game. I would think Kyrie would, but, you know, he's still out with personal issues. But we'll get to that shortly. Um, their next game is ooh, the Orlando Magic, Saturday, January 16th. Tune in, people. TNT. <laughs> Psych. That's the Monday game against the Bucks. So they just play the Magic at 6 on Saturday. So I'm tuning in. Watch out now. I mean, football's going on, but I got two TVs. Let's make it happen. All right. Topic number two. Let's get right into the NFL postseason. It needs to be mentioned. My picks. <laughs> if you listened to the last episode, I predicted the full playoffs and how I think they would go down. I got every single matchup win. I predicted every win except one. The Seahawks disappointed me. Seahawks disappointed me against the Rams. The Rams, like Sean McVay just has the the Seahawks number. I mean, the Rams always play well against the Seahawks. Every single time, they just seem to have it figured out. But predicted every single game right except for that one. Predicted that upset. Cleveland Browns over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lamar Jackson getting his first playoff win against the Titans. Yeah, obviously the Bears were going to disappoint. You know, the Bucks were going to win against Washington, no matter what, the NFC least, uh, especially with the backup quarterback. But Heineke, or whatever his name is, played well. Like he, did, he did a serviceable job. Backup quarterbacks show out when they go up against Tom Brady. Nick Foles can attest to that. Like, backup quarterbacks <laughs> go super saiyan against Tom Brady. And then another big one, Josh Allen getting his first playoff win. And craziest part, like all the old quarterbacks are in the NFC and all the young quarterbacks are in the AFC. That's interesting. The old heads, you know, you got Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Jared Goff. You know, he's still older than whoever the oldest guy is in the AFC right now. Who is it? Like everyone's young, under 25. Is it Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, all these guys were just in college like three years ago. <laughs> like,
like one guy was at Texas Tech, the other was at Oklahoma. They were playing each other in college just a few years ago. Just wild. The young bucks. It just shows the old guard in the NFC still gets it done, while the young bucks in the AFC are taken over, taking over the game. So interesting to see how the sides are like that. But the matchups, matchup this weekend are very nice. Let's start with the biggest game. We'll break that one down first. Tampa Bay Bucks against the New Orleans Saints. It's got to be the biggest game of the weekend, in my opinion. Uh, Sunday night, primetime, 640 on Fox. I mean, just think about how old these quarterbacks are. (laughs) Think about how ancient Tom Brady and Drew Brees are. Brady is, what, 43? Or is he 44 now? No, he's 43. Turns 44 in August. And what, Drew Brees, is he 42 now? Not 41, my mistake. Actually, he turns 42 on January 15th. He's got <laughs> combined ages 85. Wow. And I think they're two of the best quarterbacks ever. Do it. You know, Top five all-time for sure. I would say Brady's one. And I would put Breeze right around that three, four range. Maybe even five. You could put plug him in at five But if you want to debate it. But two of the greatest to ever do it. I'm, the Saints did dominate this, this series. I mean, they have controlled the matchup the entire year. I, it hasn't been close at all. Has not been close. Both games were a blowout. Just absolute massacre. Not even close. I mean, it was the first game, opening opening game for the Bucks. You thought they were going to come out real nice. You know, you thought it was going to look great. You know, you got Brady, New Jersey, Arians, high-octane offense. Laid an egg. Absolute egg. 34-23. And, and it wasn't even that close to being an 11-point game. It really wasn't. It was not that close. It was ugly throughout then. They play again. Played again in week nine. Got they ass busted at home on prime time, 38-3. to It was like, watched the entire game, and I don't know why I sat through a 35-point blowout, but it was like watching a train crash, and you just couldn't look away. It was so ugly, so devastating, so many casualties. I couldn't look away. <laughs> couldn't look away, and here we are, third time, May be a charm. That's what I predicted. That's my prediction. If the Seahawks didn't lose, I had the I had the Bucks doing it. I had them beating the Saints in the NFC Championship game, but I guess they're going to have to do it around earlier because I got the Bucks. I know it's in New Orleans. It's tough to beat a team three times. I just liked what I saw out of the Bucks more than what I did the Saints in the divisional round. Look, the Saints dominated the Bears it easily. It it was not a close game. The only time it should have been close was when old boy dropped a touchdown. It's so just embarrassing. Just dropping a wide open touchdown early in the game. That's when it could have been close. But Saints were just too much. I'm just I like this Bucks team more. I have throughout the year. I don't no particular reason why the Saints have dominated them. Saints are minus 3 favorites. And you could just look at it. 
They rank sixth on offense. You know, struggling in the passing game, though. Only 20th, but Drew Brees has been hurt. Overall, they got the 12th best offense. Defense, though, it's the fourth best defense. So the defense has been solid all year for them. I just think at this point in their career, Brady's in a better spot than Brees. I like Brady's arm more. I like the weapons of the Bucks more. And I think they're going to change how they went about attacking the Satan's defense. They showed the running game can be effective. Even with Ron, Ronald Jones out for the Bucks. Leonard Fournette is a starting running back in this league and can put up production. He can do things for this team. Don't give up on him. <laughs> Believe in him, Bruce Arians. I hope someone is in that locker room preaching that, yes, Leonard Fournette can do something for us. He can be a dominant back in the league. Look, at he had 19 carries, 93 yards, had a touchdown. Yeah, He was nice. He was nice for them. He did a good job. He balanced it. They could go play action finally. They could Brady could throw it out of the backfield. It just made their team better. Made the team better. If he's catching four passes, it only just changes the dynamic of this offense that already has Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, both of which caught touchdowns. Mike Evans, a little hobbled. He's going to play. You know it's the playoffs. I mean, Brait, I don't know who this Brait character is, but he <laughs> man had, you know, he had 80 yards Brady, out of nowhere. You know, Brady just finds these no-name receivers no matter who the team is. Still got Scotty Miller. Gronk didn't do anything, but could change come any matchup. I just like what the, the Bucks are doing compared to the Saints. In every aspect you look at it, quarterback, the defense is a little more consistent with the Saints I think the Bucs can make more plays than the Saints on both sides of the ball. I just like the Bucs to win this game. I think it's the best game of the weekend, and I'm looking forward to watching it. Second best game of the weekend has got to be uh, the Saturday night primetime game in which the Buffalo Bills go up against the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, It's just so interesting. These young quarterbacks just coming in and being dominant. Uh, Usually it takes it takes time. Like young, I sometimes young bucks come in. You know, Tom Brady won Super Bowls young, Big Ben won Super Bowls young, but a lot of times it's an older veteran who gets the job done for you. It's just it's just staggering. I mean, these are Lamar Jackson, MVP, Josh Allen in consideration, but just who we? I I like this Bills team a lot. I just like this Bills team a lot. I'm glad Lamar Jackson got his first playoff win, shutting up the doubters. Big win against Tennessee. Big comeback win. A lot of bad blood in that game. That was a fun one to watch. Grinded out 20-17 victory for the Ravens over the Titans. I mean, they the defense is playing much better for the Ravens. I think this is, this is going to be a very close game. This is going to be a good game. Just like how the Colts-Bills game was close, that Bills narrowly escaped. 27-24, but I like seeing Phillip Rivers. Lou, I knew he was going to do it. I never trusted Phillip Rivers. Knew he was going to blow it for them. Just love this matchup. I mean, two dynamic quarterbacks who can do it with their arm, with their feet. More so Jackson with his feet. More so arm with Allen. Both have, I mean, that Diggs-Allen combo at quarterback wide receiver is just unstoppable to this point. But this Ravens defense has improved a lot. 
And they're doing some good things. They're doing some really good things. Hoo-wee. I mean, I just like the Bills in it more. I'm going to ride with my predictions until proven wrong. So I got the Bills winning this one, and they're going to go up again. You know, I would say then the third best matchup. We'll get to the um, – I would say the third best matchup has got to be this Rams-Green Bay game. I mean, this Rams defense is stout. They're fantastic. Shut down Russell Wilson. Shut down that Seahawks offense. DJ Metcalf was getting upset. I they were just turning the ball over. You know, they got Donald, Ramsey. They got – it's a defensive team. They're a defensive team. Now, Goff, look, he's he's been a winner ever since he got there. Fisher held him out, didn't play him. That's why he lost the job. McVay finally allowed him to play his game, and boom, here he is. Again, going winning the playoff games, going far in the playoffs. The guy was just in the Super Bowl. Rams are a dangerous team. So I guess this is my real pick of the weekend, if you don't already know it. I'm going to go with the Packers on this one, though. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is just, I mean, he's the MVP of the league. Devontae Adams is incredible for them. I think they need to, again, another team that should go more to the run game with Aaron Jones is a solid running back. Give him some opportunities. But I think it does help playing a playoff game rather than getting the bye week. The bye week helps because you know you're getting home field advantage, but that really doesn't matter with, with COVID going on. You don't have the fans there anyways. You're playing in an empty stadium. Like, it, it really doesn't matter at this point. I know you want to get guys rested and healthy, but it helps getting a momentum game under you. So you see it a lot of times. Wild card teams would make a run because they, they get hot at the right time, got hot at the End of the season, boom, ride that into the playoffs, win a couple playoff games, maybe go to the Super Bowl. Maybe if you're like the Giants, you end up winning a couple. It, that's how it goes. So I don't see any of the games being a blowout except one. Packers minus six and a half. I think that's a lot of points. But with Goff hurt, not much offense for the Rams. Packers have been great this year, 13-3. and three. Again, Aaron Rodgers threw, what, 46 touchdowns, five interceptions? I'm... The guy shut up the haters. Like, I know people were starting to disrespect him, saying he's not even a top-five quarterback in the league anymore, saying he had a down year last year. <laughs> he shut them all up. He's going to win MVP. If he doesn't, I would be shocked. He's got to win MVP. Got to. And with him being the MVP, I got I to gotta pick the Packers in this one. I'm going with the Pack attack. And I don't like to see the Packers win. I'm a Bears fan. It pains me to see Aaron Rodgers do well, but he's that good. He's that incredible. And the Packers, they're going to the NFC Championship game. And then the final game of the weekend that I actually think might get ugly, but Browns have a lot of momentum. Chiefs against the Cleveland Browns. Browns won their first playoff game since 1944. should be noted that the Bills did the same thing. <laughs> How crazy of times are that? We're finally seeing teams that haven't won playoff games in decades finally break that and win. Good for the Browns. Good for the Bills. But I think the Browns, I, what a, a staggering victory that was against the Steelers. I mean, they were up 28-0 at the end of the half. In the, the end of the first quarter, excuse me. <laughs> the first snap of the game went over ben, Big Ben's head and went into the end zone, and the Browns recovered for a touchdown. That's how the game started, first snap of the game. And what was it, like third snap, Ben threw an interception? 
And it got ugly fast. Browns did their thing. And I think the Steelers just did way too much talking. Like Juju Smith-Schuster just still doing these stupid TikTok dances. He'll be quiet for a while. Hopefully he grows from this. Like the Steelers are just a loud, fraudulent organization this year. I mean, they tried to act like they, after starting the year 11-0, they finished the year 5-6. Five and 5-6. Six. Five and six. Think about that. Started the year 11-0. Finished the year five and six. Is that something to be proud of? Is this season a success? Absolutely not. Is there something to look back on on this season? Pfft. Yeah, you look back on, do you even want to bring back Big Ben? He looked old. He looked old. If you want to talk about all the old quarterbacks who might be washed, Ben Roethlisberger might be washed. I mean, what was he? According to like pro football focus, I think he was like the 25th ranked starting quarterback. 25th ranked, yeah. they might need to move on. They might need to start over, start fresh, and let the TikTok dancers run the franchise at this point. Just be a loud, annoying franchise. Hopefully they turn into what the Dallas Cowboys are now. Just, I think Tomlin's too good a coach for that, but uh, I'm just, it was so great to see them lose. It was so great to see the Steelers lose, especially with everything they were doing. I, I, I was very happy watching the embarrassment happen, especially to the Browns. I mean, Big Ben had not lost a game to the Cleveland Browns at Heinz Field ever, 13-0, and until Sunday night. 13-0, and and the got embarrassed through four interceptions. You could say whatever you want, yeah. He threw the ball 62 times. I mean, they didn't even let the running back smell the ball. Whatever to James Conner. Like what was the offen- what's the offensive mindset? What happened to James Conner? Wasn't he a good running back? Wasn't he just good last year? A- am I missing something? Like I thought he was a big focal point on why they did well with Ben Roethlisberger being out. They went to Mason Rudolph and then they went more to a run game. I could have sworn. Wasn't he good? <laughs> I thought he was good last year. Let me look it up just to be sure. I, maybe I'm mistaken. Oh, I guess in 2018 he was all right. Ran for 100, uh, 973 yards. Yeah, last year he only played 10 games, so he went through injuries. Mm, maybe he wasn't that good. All right. Well, I can live with that, but just a fraudulent team. I never expected too much of the Steelers. I didn't believe in it when they started 11-0. So, and that's why I picked the Browns to win that game. And I don't even think it was the flukeness of, you know, a bad snap tip ball interceptions. I don't think that would have made a difference. I think the Browns would have won that game no matter the situation. The Steelers were just a fraudulent team this year, just like the Patriots were last year. And you see Brady's no longer on the Patriots for, you know, how that went down. And Ben Roethlisberger might not be on the Steelers next year. So bye-bye, Steelers. And But that Browns... <laughs> That Browns, um, Browns-Chiefs game, I got to tell you, it could get ugly. <laughs> I, I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl. They're my Super Bowl pick. I just, again, they're like the Bucks. They're like the Bucks in the AFC, just a younger team. Uh, like, that's the Super Bowl matchup I have predicted. Chiefs-Bucks. And it's because, you, it's because Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid, head coach. I mean, they... They do everything well. They play good defense. They 14 and 1 with Patrick Mahomes as the starter. 
and what they lose? A shootout to the Raiders early in the year? They're a different team. I'm, people could say they have coasted, they've overlooked teams. Yeah, I'm sure. But when you know you're going to lock up the one seed and you're that dominant, you can take some time off in the middle of the year. I think they're going to be locked, loaded, ready to go, and they're going to make a statement against the Browns. Browns are a nice story. I really like them on the come up, seeing Baker play well. So good for the Browns. You know, way to get a, your first playoff win, starting to move that organization in the right direction. But the run is over. Chiefs are going to dominate. So that would leave AFC Championship game, Chiefs against the Bills, and then Packers against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers once the Bucks beat the Saints and the Packers beat the Rams. And the Bills got to beat the Ravens. So, great week of football, people. Tune in. I'm loving it. God, what a great time of year. Basketball's in full force. NFL playoffs. College basketball's going. God, what a wonderful time of the year. Even during the pandemic, you know, still have some enjoyment in life. Enjoy the little things, people. That's all I can say. Topic number three. Ballgate. <laughs> So if you're not aware, another cheating scandal has come out in Major League Baseball. I'm giving it the name Ballgate. That's right, doctored baseballs. If you don't know about this, which I'm sure most people don't because, well, who pays attention to baseball in January? Luke Halgerson does. That's who's paying attention. So to update you on the situation, (laughs) oh, boy. So there's a clubhouse manager, and uh, let me get his name. Who is this? <laughs> oh, it's just absolutely incredible. So this guy works for the Angels. His name is Brian Bubba Harkins, and he filed a lawsuit against Major League Baseball in the uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, and uh, because the Angels fired him from being the visiting clubhouse manager last March, and uh, we don't know whatever the reason for firing is. Is this is what <laughs> Harkin uh, says it is? Um, he says the Angels made him a public scapegoat as part of last year's MLB-mandated crackdown on pitchers doctoring baseballs with foreign substances such as the blend of rosin and pine tar known as go-go juice that Harkins was known to provide. So this guy apparently provided a foreign substance for pitchers to get a better grip on the baseball. Now you might be asking, why is that cheating? Why would it be unfair for someone to put rosin or pine tar on their hands. Well, it allows them to get a better grip. And when you can get a better grip, that means you can do different things with the ball. You can put a little more spin on it. You get more rotation on it, which allows for the ball to move differently when it's coming at the batter. And what that would mean is it's easier. It's tougher for it to hit. It would be tougher to hit a pitch that's moving rather than one that's not moving. Basic physics, right? Well, uh, (laughs) this guy's suing for Millions too, and uh, to help his case, Harkin submitted uh, a January 2019 text from then Houston Astros ace Garrett Cole, who's won the Cy Young. He's now with the Yankees, um, asking to help him out with this sticky situation. Harkin also says that Major League Baseball has evidence that implements Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Felix Hernandez, Corey Kluber, and Adam Wainwright, all Cy Young winners, by the way. <laughs> which is incredible. Uh, just talk about a league that just can't stay away from controversy, cheating scandals at all. For, we had the Astros cheating scandal. Now we got Major League Baseball sending out memos, and 
locking down on pitchers, putting foreign substances on their hand to get a better grip on the baseball. I mean, it's so funny. It just, it doesn't seem to go this far in other sports. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I don't hear that many cheating scandals going on in any other sports other than the NFL when people, okay, Spygate, yeah, with the Patriots. Oh, okay, that's something. You know, they're recording practices, getting an unfair advantage video-wise, and I don't think that's why they won six Super Bowls. And then people try deflate gate. Give me a break. That's Deflated footballs didn't help them win six championships either. So that's ridiculous. But Major League Baseball just, oh, and that's only with one team. Patriots were involved in both of those scandals. When have you ever heard about cheating with other organizations in the NFL? What about the NBA? You don't. Like, you don't hear about it at all. The only thing you can do cheat-wise for an organization in the NBA is under-the-table moves with free agents when you're not supposed to. (laughs) Unless I'm unaware of something, paying refs, you know, throwing games. Not aware of any of those kind of cheating scandals going on. Whereas Major League Baseball, we're putting cameras in center field for the Astros to pick up signs. (laughs) Guys are using steroids, corked bats to get an advantage on hitting the ball, give them their bat more pop to hit more home runs. I mean, <laughs> when does it end, baseball? Like, when does it end with this? And look, I, I will say this, though, about pitchers having a foreign substance. I think it's crazy that these guys are doing it, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Uh, First, you want to get a better grip on the ball. Like I said, it helps put movement on the ball, makes your pitches harder to hit. That's why, you know, you want a high spin rate when you're a pitcher. And then it's not that big a deal in the aspect that players, especially hitters, like David Ortiz, everyone, if you're watching baseball, you need to listen to what David Ortiz says because <laughs> he says some great stuff. Fox, they got a great team. Frank Thomas and... David Ortiz, our TV gold. They need to bring Pete Rose back into the action with those guys. And I, But anyways, David Ortiz says he doesn't have a problem with this. He's like, he understands, yeah, it, you know, this is nothing new. It is nothing new. This is exact quote, everybody uses pine tar. It's no big deal. Like the, pit, the batters use it to get a better grip on the bat. Uh, it's not surprising that pitchers are using it. And I think it honestly is kind of okay, and not in the necessarily the substance of, like, they're putting, like, a staggering amount. If they happen to go in the dugout and just want to make their, give their fingers a little more grip with some pine tar, I think I'm okay with that because guys throw so hard now. Everyone seems to throw 100 miles an hour. Every single pitcher in Major League Baseball throws extremely hard. Think about that speed. 100 miles an hour, ball coming at you. You got 0.2 seconds to react to it. The difference between having a good grip on the ball and the bad grip on a ball is inches. And inches could be deadly in baseball. Ball's hitting guys in the face, hitting them where it shouldn't, hitting them in the helmet. Hit, it just You never know what freak thing can happen, especially with how fast these guys throw it. That's why batters get so upset when pitchers throw at them because guys throw so damn hard in Major League Baseball now. So for the pitcher to be able to have a good grip, you cut down on those, on that happening. Then it's a control issue. And that's just, but guys are too good. That's why they're major league players. People never realize how good they are and how precise they are with their pitches. Having a little grip on it, 
allows them to be even better at that. And I'm okay with it. Yeah, is it... According to Major League Baseball rules, it is cheesing to doctor the ball with a foreign substance, like with spit, dirt, whatever the substance may be. But if a guy's just putting it on his fingers, like his fingertips, to make sure he has a decent grip, I don't seem to have a problem with that. Now, how far that's going, uh, you know, guys have gotten in trouble for it. Uh, the Yankees just, what was it, 2014? Michael Panita, uh, he had just a glob of it on his hand that he was touching every time and putting it on the ball. Now, if you're in the dugout, obviously they can't really see you that well, but there are cameras everywhere. If they want to go in there and they're touching like a little rosin thing to make sure their hands got good grip for the next time they go out there, uh, I'm going to allow that to slide. And I'm a, obviously it can't be a lot. I don't know how you monitor that, but I don't think this is as big a cheating scandal as it would be made out to be if so many things weren't going on, like the NFL playoffs, NBA trades. I just think this cheating scandal is nowhere near the same as using cameras in center field to steal pitches so you know what pitch is coming. You know, I don't think it's anywhere near that. I don't think it's anywhere near steroids to make yourself bigger, stronger, <laughs> faster, to be better at the game. I don't think they're the same thing whatsoever. I don't think they're even in the stratosphere. And for you purists out there, whoever you, you prudes who think every sin is the same, no, it's not. <laughs> Murder is not the same as, I don't know, stealing candy. It's not. I'm sorry. But that's another topic for another day. So I don't. I just think this is a funny story. Of course, Major League Baseball, another cheating scandal rises up from the ashes as it always does, but I don't think this is anywhere as big a deal as it should be made out to be. Just because I think it's a part of the game. Like David Ortiz says, everybody uses it. Like, what can you do? How can you really monitor a guy putting a little substance on his fingertips to make sure he's got good grip? I mean, I'm, I'm a little okay with that. I really am. So I don't have that big a problem with it. Moving on, topic number four. Jim, Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> Michigan head coach of their football team. Got a contract extension, five years. Good for him. We'll see. He extended through 2027. Look, I think it's a good deal, and here's why. But every Michigan fan can complain. Yeah, I, I already have a friend who I see posts all the time of like, oh, what a terrible deal. They shouldn't have made this. It was a poor decision. It was just bad. I mean, we could just look at it right now. And excuse me, his extension is through 2026. But um, since Jim Harbaugh came to Michigan, his team is 38-6 and six versus unranked teams. Okay, six losses to unranked opponents is mm, not great, but it is what it is. Versus ranked Big Ten teams, seven and twelve. All right, losing record. Versus ranked teams, he's eleven and sixteen. Okay, not great either. Versus Ohio State, the rival, the one they got to beat. In his five years there, oh and five, never beat, not once, not once has Jim Harbaugh ever beaten them, and they didn't even play this year. <laughs> and maybe for good reason, because Ohio State found themselves in the national championship game. Um, but, look, here's the reason this is a good signing for both sides. Harbaugh's a good football mind. 
He's a good football coach. A little erratic of a dude. I will say that. But he if he can't succeed at Michigan, no one can. He went to Michigan. He is a part of that culture. He is an alumni. It is who he is. That's just a part of his DNA. If he can't succeed there, nobody can succeed there. Look, they've won one national championship. I've talked about this before on the podcast. College football fans need to lower their expectations. Michigan, you shouldn't be believing that you should be winning national championships every year. What your goals should and your expectations should be is get double-digit wins and aim to beat Ohio State. Those are the goals. You should have nothing else in mind. I don't want to hear about winning Big Ten championship games uh, or even winning the Big Ten altogether. You shouldn't have those expectations and expect your team to go to the college football playoff or even compete for a national championship. Michigan is not that kind of school. Yeah, they're one of the most historic. They have one of the most historic wins. They've won one national championship. One. And it's co-owned. Multiple teams claim national champions that year. Look, Harbaugh is as good as Michigan can get for a, <laughs> for a coach. I had the deal. This is what he's getting. Uh, base salary, $4 million in 2021, which will increase to $4.4 million in 2025. Um, and then can earn a maximum bonus of $3.4 million um, in each year of the contract, including $1 million bonuses for winning Big Ten Championship and uh, the College Football National Championship and a $500,000 bonus for winning the Big Ten East Division and reaching the College Football Playoff. So he's got some incentives there. There's understandably so why they would do that, but they have to be realistic. Michigan doesn't recruit doesn't win those recruiting grounds up there. Ohio State does. Michigan probably doesn't even win in their own state. I would guess Michigan State, mm, no, actually Michigan has pretty good recruiting classes. Look, it's just tough, and you're not that kind of school. Like, Michigan is not a football school. Michigan is a basketball school. It needs to be repeated over and over again. Michigan is a basketball school. They are not a football school. They're a basketball school that has a historic football program. It's not even really that historic. They have a couple Heisman Trophy winners and one national championship. Michigan fans, lower your expectations. Does Jim Harbaugh need to do a better job? Absolutely. Absolutely. He has not been fantastic there. Not been fantastic. But I, how much better would you expect the team to be? Honestly. Honestly. Really? Really think about it. Jim Harbaugh. Do you really expect him to be that good? I don't. I, as a t- as a team altogether, I mean, he he did well in the NFL, but college is different, and I don't think Michigan is all that good of a program. I I can beat it like a drum every time. And what is his record? He's seventy eight and forty three. It's a sixty four percent. Win percentage. I mean, he's got double-digit wins how many times? Let's see here. One, two, three, four. Four times. And he's been there since 2015. He's been there five years, has three double-digit win seasons, and they have an eight-win season, nine-win season. This year was a little different. Consistently ranked. They're consistently ranked. They ranked 12th in his first year, 10th in in the final ranking. 
Now, granted, they did. They've lost four straight bowl games. They've lost the Orange Bowl, Outback Bowl, Peach Bowl, Citrus Bowl. <laughs> He's won one bowl game in his time as the Michigan coach. Three double-digit wins in five years. What do you really expect your team to be? You really expect them to be competing with Ohio State in the Big Ten and getting to the college football playoff or even being in consideration? You're not that good. The program isn't that good. The program isn't that solid. It never has been. It hasn't. Like I don't know where Michigan fans got this false idea that their team should be in the upper echelons of college football every year. It's not there. It never has been, and it never will be. Jim Harbaugh is as good as it gets. Who else do you want as your coach? Rich, you want Rich Rod back? <laughs> you want? Do you want Rich Rod back? I'm I'm asking. Do you really want? <laughs> you really want that kind of guy back? I'm. Don't like. Who do you want? Who do you really expect to win? You football games. I'm Brady Hoke. Do you want Hoke back? Lloyd Carr has been the only one, and he has had losing seasons. Okay? Yeah, he won five Big Ten titles. Okay, but the Big Ten was never that good. One national championship, 1997. He's the only one. Lloyd Carr, the only one to ever win a national championship there. You want Gary Moeller? I'm just, I just, who do you want? It's not getting any better than this. I can tell you that right now. Bring back Rich Rod. See what happens. Bring back Brady Hope. Michigan is not drawing those high esteemed coaches. Jim Harbaugh is as big as you're going to get and as good as you're going to get. Just accept it, Michigan fans. Your pro- football program is not that good. Just, it's, something, it's just a fact that they need to accept. Lower your expectations and be happy when your team wins double-digit games. That's all you can hope for. And hope your team just finishes ranked. That's really all. Just, I think Jim Harbaugh deserves the contract, and I think Michigan fans deserve Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> that much to be said. Because you shouldn't be as miserable as you are when it comes to your team. Moving on. Topic number five. The NHL started today. That's right. The NHL regular season starting to started today, huh? Like what? What just happened? All of a sudden, we're <laughs> the NHL started. It, no training camp, nothing. They're playing their first regular season game today. Opening night game: Flyers against the Penguins. Flyers dominated six three. Other games have gone on. Light, Lightning, the former Stanley Cup champion. Going for the repeat, dominated my Chicago Blackhawks five to one. And Maple Leafs beat the Canadians, and the Canucks are beating the Oilers right now. I mean, what? When did the NHL start? It's starting today. Did they have a training camp? No, they're just going right into the games. I truly believe hockey is the only sport where this is even remotely possible. Only remotely. I. The NFL, could you imagine them just going right into the regular season? No training camp, nothing? Oh, it would be disastrous. It would be ugly. It wouldn't even be football. It would <laughs> It would look like your guys at the schoolyard. Yeah, they'd be freak athletes, but God, the offense would be dreadful. Defense would be dreadful. 
Even the NBA, those and no one would be in shape. I feel like hockey guys are the only ones who can stay in shape because they're skating and they make so many subs and rotations that they can get by by that. But I mean, think about basketball, NBA starting up, no training camp, nothing, <laughs> no shot. Those guys wouldn't be in shape. They wouldn't be in rhythm at all. Just no training camp. Just start the season right then. Nope. Major League Baseball. Think about it. <laughs> To even know who's going to be on the roster for football and baseball, too. But, God, for pitchers to be ready with their arms. Just imagine asking a pitcher. I know they do their off-season work and everything. But just imagine asking Jacob DeGrom, all right, we're going to need you to go up against the Atlanta Braves tomorrow. Uh, no warm-up, no training, no spring training, nothing like that. You're just going in, and this game counts. This will go to your regular season ERA. <laughs> oh, it couldn't happen. Only one major professional sport can do this, and it's hockey. Only hockey can possibly skip training camp, skip a preseason, go right into the regular season, no questions asked. And I know they've been trying to plan to, to put a season together, but wow. Wow, just like that. It already begins. Came out of nowhere. And let me tell you, I'm talking about hockey because hockey doesn't get enough credit in the world. Hockey is sweet. Again, I'm not going to act like I know a lot of hockey players or anything like that, but it is awesome to watch. So tune in. Tune into hockey because the season has already begun. Bang, bang. What a great time of the year. Like I was just saying, the times get even better when you ignore the pandemic when you ignore <laughs> when you ignore the social unrest you know th- this podcast is meant to be an escape to talk about those things that are actually enjoyable in our society today and not a complete hectic mess that we have to look at so yeah take that all right and now for my unpopular opinion well, this isn't sports related it's food related And it needs to be said. Someone has to say it. Ice cream is the best dessert. That's right. I said it. Ice cream is the best dessert. You you can have your cookies. You can have your cake. You can have brownies. You can have cheesecake. You can have whatever you want. Ice cream is better than all of them. Here's why. You can eat ice cream at any time. Night, day, doesn't matter. When are you always in the mood for cake? You're not. You're not. Takes, cake's peculiar. You know, when are you always just going to eat brownies, cookies, any of the other desserts? When do you want them? No. You always want ice cream. It, uh, warm. Oh, nothing better than ice cream on a warm, hot day. Cools you off because it's cold. Even on a cold day, you'll get ice cream. Here's another difference between ice cream and other desserts. Not a lot of people just have cakes sitting around, cupcakes. Yeah, people make cookies from time to time. You know, yeah, you make brownies from time to time if you're a baker. Yeah, I get that. But you always have ice cream on deck. Everyone always got a tub of ice cream. I remember growing up, always had ice cream. You'd even, even if you had ice cream at your house, you're willing to go down to the ice cream shop to get more ice cream. Because <laughs> their ice cream is better than the stuff you got at home. I... It's the best. It is the best dessert by far. The most options taste great. It, 
You can eat it when you're sick. What may, when you got a cold, strep throat, what are you going for? You're going for soup and ice cream. Not together, but, you know, when you're sick, that's what you're eating. That's the food you're eating. You're eating ice cream. Why? Because it's easy to eat, and it tastes so damn good. It tastes so good. And everyone's got their ice cream spot. Not everyone has a cake spot. Not everyone has a cupcake spot. Not everyone has a cookie place or a brownie place. Everywhere, there's an ice cream shop. Every single place you can find some ice cream. It's in gas. It's everywhere. You can always happen to find yourself ice cream. Sure, you can find the other desserts. But do you really want the other desserts? Ice cream is so good, it goes with the other desserts. You can have cake and ice cream, ice cream and cookies. Uh, you, you can just... Ice cream complements and makes the other desserts better because ice cream is so great. Mm. Let me tell you, I'm going to go enjoy some ice cream right now. And that's the end of episode 47 of the Hang Time with Helgi podcast. Thanks for listening. You know, check me out on social media. Feel free to hit me up if you ever want to talk sports. More episodes to come, so stay tuned, people. They're coming like hotcakes here in this new year, 2021. I hope you have a blessed one. All right, I'm out. Peace.